Will gets the puck for Carrier. He gets stripped, taps the loose puck for Kessel. He scores! Kessel from below the goal line! Because one hour isn't enough. We welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Knights grab it on the right wing side. Smith to the point. Petrangelo scores! Set up by Riley Smith. Chevrolet, Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios, and live at lbsportsnetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Going through the National Hockey League schedule, there's some interesting encounters tonight coming your way. It's a very busy night on the eve of the National Hockey League trade deadline, which at times can make things uncomfortable for organizations and dress rooms as you look over your shoulder. This might be the exception given there's been so much activity already that players on that bubble feel like they may have got by it or those that are hoping that they would be traded might be a tad disappointed. Darren Millard along with Ryan Wallace and uh, we've got Chris Chapman here in the Fox Sports Las Vegas studio. We'll chat with the General Manager of the Vegas Golden Knights, Kelly McCrimmon, in just a little bit as he completes a third deal of the week, acquiring Jonathan Quick from the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, today. Teddy Bluger skated today in an optional practice at City National Arena. He's in town. And Ivan Barbashev, I think we all would agree, looked much more comfortable last night, Mm -hmm. which goes without saying that you should feel more comfortable, but uh, we saw a a real interesting uh, uh, competition last night in which he was contributing a lot more. Oh yeah, 100%. I I thought Ivan Barbashev was significantly more noticeable and it's not to say that you know in Colorado he didn't do the things that you expect Ivan Barbashev to do it's just there were more impactful plays from Ivan Barbashev last night against Carolina Hurricanes uh, obviously the the ability to make that pass to Jack Eichel spring that breakaway uh, was fantastic but I thought Barbashev on the ice protecting a one goal lead with an empty net situation going back the other way uh, that shows a lot of confidence that, that Bruce Cassidy has and a lot of trust that Bruce Cassidy has in Ivan Barbashev to play the right way. Three deals so far. More or less than what you thought coming into the week. Well, um, I I kind of imagined that it would be two forwards. And, and that was coming into the week. Now, it wasn't really until maybe uh, yesterday where, where I thought entertaining a goalie was a, a realistic option for Why the yesterday? Vegas. I because just, they were already in this predicament before yesterday. Yeah, I I don't know. I just it was it was a change, it, it, and I'm not really sure I can I can pinpoint one reason, outside of you know Loren Brossois unavailable for at least a week, given what this this looks like because he's he was placed on injured reserve. I think that was maybe the moment where I was like, okay, mm. maybe maybe that signifies that there's something there. So I feel like three is with the goalie now makes makes some sense, but I I don't know that I get the sense that anything's necessarily done yet. It's more than I thought they would make. Uh, I was thinking one, maybe two. Uh, Three is interesting. 
It's the add-on of the goaltender and acquiring some insurance uh, with the injuries to Logan Thompson and Laurent Brassois. And it does make total sense, and I would have been surprised knowing that there's two guys out and Aiden Hill is just coming back from an injury uh, that you wouldn't give yourself uh, a little bit of an extra cushion mm. on, on that front. Now, when everybody's healthy, it's going to be really fun and interesting and a wide-open competition. Uh, Ivan Barbashev, as soon as they made that trade, I thought, this is a guy that is going to become a fan favorite oh, for sure. uh, in yeah. Vegas by the way he plays the game and mm-hmm. gets people going. And we saw some of that last night. Even taking away the setup to Jack Eichel on the breakaway goal, Barbashev had things going. Yeah, and to be like, when you look at Jack's first goal of the game, how does that play start? Like, how does everything start for the Vegas Golden Knights? It's Ivan Barbashev going hard to the front of the net. It's Ivan Ivan Barbashev just taking the puck to the area, forcing the Carolina Hurricanes kind of out of their structure to collapse a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you get a couple of really good looks from it. You're able to get a reload to Jack Eichel, and he's able to find a goal. Like, I, I think for Barbashev, specifically that player, bringing him into this team with the Vegas Golden Knights, He's going to take the puck there. And when you've got that threat on that line and you've got that threat with with Carrier and Stevenson and Kessel, you start to become one of those teams that I think can find ways to put the puck in the back of the net in the playoffs when things get a little bit tighter. There's plays where athletes have to cover different parts of the ice. Sometimes they're in a position of strength. Sometimes they're covering for a teammate. Uh, sometimes they see an opening and they're just jumping on it. With Barbashev, all of that rings true. Except at the at some point during every shift, he ends up right in front of the net. It's unbelievable. When you track him <laughs> up and down the ice, on the wall, to the middle, uh, on the forecheck, behind their net, uh, trying to force place, he always ends up at some point during his shift mm-hmm. right in front of their net. It's a guarantee, and I love that part about him. Well, that's, I mean, that's what, that's what you got to do to be successful. And, and you know, y- you talk about winning hockey, and you hear about players that have been through it, that have won before. Um, Ivan Barbashev's going to go to the area where you can score goals. Like, that's what you have to do, especially in the playoffs. And you're right. Like, there's not a shift that Ivan Barbashev is going to have where he's not going to be in front of the net at watch some point. Him, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. watch him tomorrow night. If it's on television with our broadcast, uh, listening to Dan uh, talk about it on the radio, or if you're uh, fortunate enough to be there in person, watch number 49. And it's it's guaranteed money. <laughs> I, I'm not a big proponent of betting uh, because I'm not allowed to bet on hockey, so I'm not advising you to bet on hockey, even though we, we live in Las Vegas. I, I do bet on other things. Uh, I, I'm telling you, it's a win in your pocket saying that Barbershev will end up at some area in front of that. And he's really good at getting the puck uh, there as well. We've gone, what, an hour and seven minutes today. Mm-hmm. We haven't talked about a game 24 hours ago. No, we haven't. No. So long as, and that is because of the uh, climate that we're in right now mm-hmm. with the National Hockey League trade deadline and closing in just a, uh, a few hours away. Uh, tomorrow at noon is the deadline. We've got a live stream on the VGK uh, social media channels uh, tomorrow. So Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, uh, all of it uh, tomorrow. Uh, starting at noon, Gary Lawless will be with me. Ashley Weiss will be with me. Uh, and we're going to break down all of it. we got this great conversation with Teddy Bluger and Ivan Barbashev to come your way. So that's at noon tomorrow uh, uh, for everybody to wrap up the National Hockey League 
big trade deadline on the Vegas Golden Knights side. Uh, still uh, some time to go before we get there. Here's the general manager of the Golden Knights, uh, Kelly McCrimmon. Uh, how, how's your day going? Well, it's a busy time of year for uh, for teams, for general managers, for pro scouting staffs, and uh, busier uh, prior to the final day league wide than uh, than what than what it has been for a number of years. So uh, there's been a lot going on. Give me an idea, and we'll get into your, the specifics of the three deals that you made this week. But uh, Kelly, like, how many conversations with teams would you have in the final twenty four hours? Well, it's a function of what those conversations have been like uh, leading up to it. I, I think that most of those conversations begin, you know, four or five, six weeks ago, and then depending on what uh, type of uh, you know trades you might be interested in, what type of players you might be uh, looking for, what's available, that that focuses your uh, your call list as you get uh, a little further along. At this point. 24 hours uh, from the trade deadline, not even. You know, you're talking to you know one or two or three teams, and I say that I don't mean us, us necessarily specifically. I think in general, your your focus is tightened uh, tightened up quite a bit as the uh, as the trade deadline winds down. You know, as as we've kind of observed over the last week and a half, two weeks, it feels like it's been significantly busier in terms of the number of trades happening this far in advance or further in advance of the trade deadline. Is it is it easier or, or more difficult to kind of operate knowing that there are, are trades going down almost every single day over the last week or so? It was a little different this year for sure, and, and it's not feels like there's been more trades or has been more trades. So, um, you know, the Bo, the Bo Horvat trade from Vancouver to uh, the Islanders felt like it was real early. And, and it kind of went from there. So I don't know if it's because there was a big deal early that it uh, you know prompted teams to uh, complete deals sooner. Uh, I can't exactly uh, speak for that. Usually deals take a little longer. Uh, this year has been different. So uh, the, the supply maybe wasn't uh, as prevalent as other years. Maybe that's part of it. But if you were looking for a specific type, type of player, you're – your player of interest list might have been shorter this year than it might uh, than it might have been on another year. Maybe that's uh, part of the reason for the deals coming together quicker. Quicker, but you know, every every deal is the same. You've got a uh, player for trades. You've got two teams talking. If it works for both teams, there's a deal. If it doesn't, uh, you know there's uh, you know that player remains in the market until uh, until the two teams find a deal. So tomorrow, and uh, and most likely still uh, today. Uh, there'll be a number of deals between now and uh, and tomorrow. There just always is. So I expect that the deadline, just by definition, encourages a few more deals to uh, to take place. I want to talk to you for as long as I can, but you, if you have to go, you have to go. If if there's somebody calling you for a trade, and I think it'd be great radio if you just hung up on us at some point and just said <laughs> I, I had to go. Well, you know, I wouldn't hesitate to do that. So thanks for uh, giving me the green light, but I didn't, uh, I didn't need that. Uh, Jonathan Quick, uh, he comes in. Uh, as much as you can share the conversation, or what was it like between you and the future Hall of Famer? Uh, Jonathan was really grateful uh, that uh, we're giving him an opportunity. Um, you know, quite a week for him, going from uh, being a lifetime LA King, uh, you know, drafted there, developed there, played in the American Hockey League, played with uh, the NHL team uh, over his uh, entire. Uh, long successful career, 
you know, Tuesday he was traded as uh, uh, part of the deal with Columbus, and, and I think uh, really wanted to get to a contending team. Uh, this works really well for him and uh, and his family. So uh, he was appreciative and uh, you know extremely motivated as as you would expect, and uh, you know really looking forward to uh, to getting here and getting going. We uh, expect that he'll. Uh, travel over today and, and be uh, on the ice with uh, with our team tomorrow morning. I was told by our buddy Colby Armstrong that Teddy Bluger is one of the great human beings in our sport and uh, and is just a uh, just a speedster out there, being able to win draws and and kill penalties. Uh, what was the thinking about bringing in the Pittsburgh Penguin? Well, Teddy uh, Bluger is is uh, you know a defensive specialist. He's uh, he's best in class. He's really really good at. Uh, the role that he had in Pittsburgh, he played behind uh, you know Crosby, Malkin, Jeff Carter, and then Teddy Bluger. His uh, usage is uh, primarily uh, in a defensive role. Eighty-seven, I believe, eighty-seven percent of his uh, starts are in the defensive zone, which uh, speaks to the trust that the coach Mike Sullivan has had for him during his time there. Uh, exceptional penalty killer. And I, and I guess for us, it uh, you know he provides competitive advantage in that chair. That's uh, that's what we're looking to do. And then, as I mentioned when I did media earlier today, it gives uh, it gives Bruce Cassidy you know the opportunity to deploy Nick Waugh uh, differently. And I think that you always need to continue to look at your players uh, through a, a lens that you're willing to change. And you know, expansion taught us in year one when we. Uh, acquired all of those players that had similar roles uh, across uh, the NHL, and then they had new opportunities here. Uh, so many of those players really flourished. I think we've seen that with Will Carrier this year. His game has really uh, evolved. He's had a tremendous year. Uh, he can play on any line, and we now have have uh, you know shown that we view him uh, you know somewhat differently than what his you know, previous uh, years in our organization have been. He's been a fourth-line left winger his entire career until this year. And really, when you look back on Will, with the injuries last year, he started to play with Chandler Stevenson at different times down the stretch, and they seem to have a little chemistry. And, and you, you, you forget about it as the season ends and a new one begins, but he's uh, really shown that he's capable of doing more. And I think we look at Nick Waugh uh, similarly. Nick plays the power play, kills penalties, uh, tremendous fourth-line centerman, but easily can move up to be a, a top-nine forward. So this gives Bruce a little more uh, flexibility with his usage, and Teddy, Teddy Bluger uh, allows us to be able to do that. So you know, that's, how, uh, that's describing Teddy as a player, and that's uh, explaining how it intertwines with, uh, with our own roster here uh, in Vegas. So bringing in Teddy Bluger gives you more options when it comes to a player like Nick Waugh. In terms of that role, do you see it more down the middle, on the wing, or is it kind of open to where, wherever Nick grabs that, that, that opportunity? That's going to be up to Bruce. And, and uh, you know, I think the, the short answer is uh, it could be either. Uh, you know, that's, uh, that's how I'd answer that. But that's going to be a, a coaching decision, how they choose to, to utilize everyone. And they may utilize Nick Rade in the role uh, that he's in. What we're trying to do with your last chance to shape your roster before uh, the trade deadline comes is you're trying to, you know, you know provide players for your coaches that uh, let them 
put together a 12-man roster of forwards, a six-man uh, roster of defensemen to, to win hockey games. So that's what we tried to do when we uh, started the season. We, we felt we would need another forward. That was sort of one of the, uh, you know, aspects of it that we knew we were going to have to address uh, at some point. Uh, we lost Mark Stone uh, to surgery at the, at the All-Star break. So, you know, from that point on, we really, uh, if possible, would have liked to have had two forwards. So we've been able to do that. We haven't talked about Ivan uh, Barbashev yet on uh, this call. But, uh, you know, again, gives Bruce a lot of flexibility with, uh, uh, with a lineup. He's a very versatile player. He can play either wing. He can play... Uh, you know, really anywhere in your top nine. And for that matter, he was a Stanley Cup champion as a, as part of a really uh, strong, uh, impactful fourth line with the St. Louis Blues the year that uh, that they won uh, they won the Cup. So, um, you know, those are the things you're trying to do as you uh, get ready to hand it over to the coaches. Does anybody know Ivan Barbershop's game better than uh, what uh, we see in Vaughn Carpen, uh, the director of player personnel? who's got to see him a ton. Yeah, our pro staff have a lot of viewings on uh, on all of these players of interest. There's a process we go through, uh, you know, that begins uh, early in the year with identifying players that might be moved, identifying players that we might uh, potentially have interest in to, you know, strengthen our team or address, uh, you know, weaknesses uh, with the makeup of our own roster. Uh, you know, Vaughn oversees our pro staff, and those, uh, those uh, guys work real hard. We've got a great staff on our pro side. They've had... Uh, such an impact on the makeup of our team because of how our team was founded. Our, our original team was uh, completely the work of the pro scouting staff, along with uh, along with our hockey operations, myself and George. And you know, ever since then, we've uh, we've been a team that's uh, tried to improve our team each year, whether that's through you know free agency, making trades, whatever uh, whatever ways possible. We need to know the players well, and as a manager. Uh, you rely on those people to uh, uh, to tell you uh, what a player is, what he's going to be on our team. That's uh, that's what they do well. Makes me miss uh, making trades with you in the old fantasy football league <laughs> this time of year. And you could have used a little help yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a lot, but I like to have a dog in the fight. I did enjoy that. You uh, you, yeah, you swung a you few. You fell to the Grim Reaper more than once. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. We'll uh, talk to you again tomorrow. Are you done? Do you think you're done? We're going to work at it till uh, tomorrow. I, I uh, uh, we'll see. You know, I, I don't think that uh, you're ever done until, uh, in our case, twelve noon comes. That's uh, that's what we'll do. Is we'll continue to, uh, you know, watch things, observe things. If something uh, presents itself, we'll uh, we'll deal with it and see what uh, the best decision is. I may not bug you and get until afternoon tomorrow. No promises, but I'll I'll try and leave you alone. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, buddy. Uh, there's Kelly McCormick, uh, general manager of the Vegas Golden Knights on the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Interesting. I love the conversation about Nick Waugh and players mm-hmm. developing and how they look at their own players within the context of that expansion team. Yeah, I, I think it, it's an important one for the Golden Knights, and it's it's been throughout this organization's history. If you've had players that have seized different opportunities, different roles, and it's been able to stick. You look at William Carlson year one. You look at Chandler Stevenson and what he's been able to do with this team since be- being acquired in trade. I think if, if you're looking at Nick Waugh, we all agree, and we've all talked about the individual skill that he has, his ability uh, in tight with the puck, 
there's offense there's offense that that Nick Waugh has that is untapped that I think can hit another level. So if you are looking at a Teddy Bluger, if you're bringing in a player that is so defensively responsible, looked at as as one of the elite players uh, in terms of that style of hockey, does it give you an opportunity? Does it give Nick Waugh an opportunity to play up the lineup? in an impactful way. And I think that, you know, for Bruce Cassidy, the the real fun in all of this is when everything's said and done tomorrow afternoon, we're going to see if there's some more moving parts just in terms of how the lines are deployed, where players are going to slot in, and getting the chemistry set back out to try to maximize this roster. Walk through all three moves that the Vegas Golden Knights made during that conversation with Kelly McCrimmon, and you only get to hear that uh, exclusive interview on Fox Sports Las Vegas and the VGK Insider Show. Uh, Chapman, you listen to it. You're a fan. Where are you right now after hearing Kelly McCrimmon Talk about the three acquisitions. Well, I think you should be excited if you're a fan because, once again, the organization has shown that they are willing to do what it takes to try to put the, the best team on the ice. We watch the deadline and we see teams that basically mail it in and, and they they throw the rest of the season away because they don't really go out of their way to try to win. This is an organization, the front office, they are always going to try to improve the team. And as a fan... I think you should be excited about that because I've rooted for teams in my lifetime that that stink and they perpetually stink. So, you know, you should be excited. And, and, and you know, I, I like the, the ending, how uh, there may be not they may not be done. You know, you just have to wait and see where things go. I think that's as always... busy as anybody in the Western Conference. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and that's and that's why you should be excited. And I think that's that's exactly the right point. Right. Because you, you look at the West right now and there have really been. A handful of teams, Vegas and Edmonton, Los Angeles, certainly. And Seattle's done if, nothing. And Seattle hasn't done anything, right? Like mm-hmm. Seattle has not really made any type of splash. And, you know, to me, like I look at it, it's a wide open Western Conference. We've talked about it. We know that the, the Colorado Avalanche are getting better. They're starting to find their game. You expect that they're going to get Gabe Landeskog back, Kale McCarr back. Like that. that's all great for them. But right now what you're seeing is the Golden Knights making a push to separate themselves from the pack. Mm -hmm. And when it's this wide open and you've got only so many cracks at it, I love that line of thinking because, to me, anybody can come out of the West right now. Los Angeles acquires a goaltender and defenseman. Yeah. Good, but uh, not overwhelming. More of a depth move, I think. Gavrikov became valuable and and on everybody's lips because he was scratched for trade-related reasons. Uh, Edmonton makes the deal for Ekholm. Mm-hmm. We don't know how that's really going to work out because of the subtraction of Tyson Berry. But interesting, more of a slight adjustment uh, overall. Sure. Berry out sure. and Ekholm in. Dallas hasn't done much. Minnesota, not much. Yeah. Colorado, Lars Eller, I love that trade. Yeah, it's a good uh, one. I, I think that's a, that's a really good acquisition. Seattle, mm, quiet. Winnipeg has added a little bit. But nobody really expected them to be. They're never huge movers. Sure. Very conservative organization. And Calgary hasn't done anything. Uh, Vegas, right there with with uh, leading the charge. And keep in mind, it pales in comparison the west to the east. Oh, sure. Yeah. But in the conference that you're in, uh, I think they've been ag- aggressive and, and, and really done a good job of filling space spots that can... 
So Bluger comes in, Wall moves up. Mm-hmm. That elevates everybody's game sure. within the within the forward core. And, and the beautiful thing about it is you play in the West. It, it is what it is. The conference divide is the conference divide. And for a Golden Knights team that is looking at this objectively, the path through the West is simply easier on paper than it is in the East. One of you're only going to get one team to come out of the East, right? It's it's going to be Boston. It's going to be Tampa. It's going to be Toronto. All these teams that are loading up, Carolina, New Jersey, the Rangers. All these teams that are loading up, only one can come out of there. If you're the Golden Knights looking at this, you've only got to take care of one of those teams. As much as they're all going all in, only one of those teams is going to come out of the East. Well, I think the the important thing here is they didn't over, like they didn't go out and and bring in the fancy high priced. <laughs> they didn't go after a Patrick Kane, right? They didn't they didn't do that. They made moves to improve the entire team, not just one area of the team. They made all they, they like. I think the Bluger move. I think that's phenomenal because I think we we heard a lot a little bit from Bruce last night about what an underrated player he is. And when you hear that, this is an organization that has a knack for going out and finding underrated players. Except, do I think they inquired about Patrick Kane? And <laughs> I'm sure they on Patrick Kane. I I think you, that there was conversations. Well, about let's Patrick be honest. Kane. You're not doing I, I your they job. Were, they if, were if you they don't. were in every con- Timo Meyer. Sure. Do I think that they were involved in conversations and looked at Timo Meyer? Yes. That's when you have to weigh the price. And yeah. if you're some some people, they've gone all in and made the sacrifices needed. Other players. They've given their best offer, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. But I'm—I don't want to sit here and lead anybody to believe that they—they they just nibbled around the edges and added a Bluger and a Barbashev and, and a Quick. I, I think they were in on the big names. Just maybe the the price tag. Obviously, the price tag was too much for the organization to surrender at this point. Well, the other aspect of it is maybe said player didn't want to come to mm-hmm. Vegas either. So there, there's that as well. But Who wouldn't want to come here? Well, I, think, I, I think, mean, we, I think we heard Barbashev how excited in, he was. In, in in context of one said player, I think there was one place he was going to go. And that was, and that was the yeah. New York Rangers. But, but all that being said, I like the way it's broken down for the Golden Knights because you have more versatility, you have more depth, and we've we've talked about what you need in a long playoff run. You you're not going to go through four series playing the same 12 forwards night in and night out. So when you've got the opportunity to fine-tune things, as Bruce Cassidy, you would expect them to, and then you can bring in players here and there, or you can utilize your depth to your advantage as you go through a playoff series, that's really what it's all about. And, and, you know, you look at the prices, right? Jonathan Quick, I'll take Jonathan Quick all day long for Michael Hutchinson and a seventh-round pick. All day long. Because of what I know Jonathan Quick at a, at a at a highly motivated level can do. And so you're 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 hoping for that, you're wanting to see it. It's a gamble of sorts, but you're not spending a ton on it and that's important too. And I don't view that as a gamble because Michael Hutchinson, you know, we we know he w- he was a solid guy in Henderson, but I'm saying he, you're 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 gambling that he's going to return to the form that you expect or or but it was basically you like you're playing you with a, house money though. No, but if you need somebody to hold uh, the fort for a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's an upgrade. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, and I, agree. I and I'm again I I love Michael. I'm friends with Michael, but that's an upgrade. Yeah, I agree. Being able to factor that in and add a uh, and never mind the track record. One guy's been in the National Hockey League forever. 
and the other guy hasn't played in the National Hockey League uh, this year. Uh, just uh, here's another thing that I was talking to some uh, people in and around the hockey world today, and discussing because they were just saying in the West there's there's not a lot of action. What, what's everybody going to do? Like, uh, and they were pointing to to, to Vegas in in Barbashev coming in. Uh, can play up and down your lineup. Bluger is a is a fourth line center. Uh, why isn't there more? And one of the things that I that I wanted to point out to them is there's on a on a roster standpoint right now. You've got Barbashev and Bluger in. They're mm-hmm. new. They're excited. You hope to get some production from them. But there's other players who have been quiet lately. Sure. The return to form of regular production, and Riley Smith is one of those guys that gets on a streak. Mm-hmm. So if, if last night was the start of something, and you don't know uh, for a, a, a week or so whether it is something or not, but if it's the start of something, well, that's like putting a bunch of offense at the trade deadline mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. your bay. Uh, uh, William Carlson, Chandler Stevenson, talking about... Uh, goal scoring in particular with those players. If they can get it going in the right direction, we've seen that in the past, that's big. Nick Walk coming back in and now potentially elevated in the lineup. If he adjusts the way that uh, Will Carrier has has performed this year, then you've got, you've got four players mm-hmm. in your lineup who are ready to add. And, and Marcia, so we know there's another gear there as far as production goes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, producing goals. Five guys mm-hmm. in the final 20 games. Say two of them get hot. Sure. Well, you know what Riley Smith does when he gets on a ripper. Yeah. Or Jonathan Marcheseau or Chandler Stevenson in, in, in that ilk. There's a bunch of players who, even though you're winning and you're in first place, who are still looking to raise the level of their production. And I think that's uh, uh, something that shouldn't be lost on people, the potential in there. Bluger's potential, Barbashev's potential, but so are Smith, Carlson, Stevenson, Waugh, mm-hmm. and Marcia so when it comes to more production. And, and I do wonder if when Nick Waugh is available, when he's back and healthy and, and ready to play, I just I do wonder if there's going to be an eventual reuniting of the Misfits, right? Because... We've we have seen them apart. We've seen them together. They're never more productive than when they're together. And I just wonder if the new pieces allow or afford Bruce Cassidy a way to keep those three together while maximizing everything else. Hold on here. Hold on. Hold on. Use your memory here. Chapman. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I was Chapman, not. A, Chapman, let, let, let's go you back. Don't, let's, you don't even let's have let's to do this. Like, <laughs> let's go back in time, all right? That. You don't even have what, to do that. Were Chapman and I, yeah. not the two people yeah. in this room at the start of the year saying misfits, we try to break them up. They always end yeah. back together. Yeah. What, let's just let's just play them together. And and they they've been apart at times, mm-hmm. and it has been effective. And now I'm 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 okay with that. But we were the guys, mm-hmm. and you debated yeah. up and down till Sunday night. Right. Bra- bragged about it. Bragged about it. Well, yeah. I was. And, I mean, and, I was right at the beginning. Of and the year. now, <laughs> and now you're coming all the way back, and you're not even going to throw in like you guys said. No. The misfits should be yeah, together. We're, we're, you're where's making our it, credit? You're no, making I'm it tr- sound I'm, like it's your idea. No, it's not my idea. I'm not I'm claiming the you idea. You stealer. I'm yeah. not okay. Yep. Okay. Totally. Thief. Why don't you just Absolute go out and play thief. Some You're going to go to the clink. 
You're going to go out yeah. and you're going to go to the clink. Just Darren oh, Millard right. out on the ice there. That's just what just happened. Millard. He just tried to steal Chapman and I's idea. Not, no, we got some no. tickets to give away. Yes, we do. 702-876-1340. If you are caller number nine right now, you will win two tickets to see the Montreal Canadiens and the Vegas Golden Knights on Sunday afternoon. Nine is a very important number in the history of the Montreal Canadiens, and it's a pretty darn good number for the Vegas Golden Knights right now. 702-876-1340. We're coming back with one-timers news and notes from around the National Hockey League on Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day on the VGK Insiders Show. All right, let's bring you up to date on some other stuff happening outside of the National Hockey League trade deadline week. And it involves the Boston Bruins as they come to terms with David Pasternak on an eight-year extension. It's been in the works. A lot of people very surprised that it took this long into the signing window for the contract to get done. Mm -hmm. But it's the max deal on term and $90 million, which is a very, very healthy term. A salary uh, cap of $11.25 million. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like it for David Pasternak, obviously. You, you get uh, get quite a lot of money. Um, and I like it for the Boston Bruins because I, I, I have to believe that if David Pasternak went to free agency, that number would be a lot higher. I, I do. I think Hold it'd on. Be, What's a lot higher? It, Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon money. Like I legitimately believe David Pasternak, if he went to, to free agency could have been the highest-paid player in the league. That's not uh, out of the realm of potential due to the fact of changing landscape and knowing that the the salary cap is going to increase uh, in in coming years. So I, I don't think that that would, would be off the table. But I don't know. Jeez, uh, I, I just don't didn't see him being getting to the to Connor McDavid dollars. I think he could have. I think he's that good. One of the best wingers in the game. Great finisher. I love David Pasternak. Connor McDavid's only a million dollars more. Yeah. So it's, it's like he's, it was he's right, right up there. there. He's he's, been right, he's there. right up there. Um, Pasternak has all the uh, all the tools and he's a personality. This is uh, a very important contract. Coming off a six-year contract, signs an eight-year contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty good, pretty good work by the agent. Sure. On on Pasternak's side, yeah. when when you evaluate where he's been and and he's earned all of this coming forward, uh, because there was a, a bit of conversation that he signed for too long the first time. Yeah. And uh, he he took that uh, that bridge deal, a longer bridge or more of a, uh, a long term deal instead of a bridge deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a this is a bit of payback from the Boston Bruins. Yeah, it is. And again, I think if you're going to choose a player that you're going to pay that money back to, it's David Pasternak. He's going to be the face of your franchise when Bergeron's gone, when Krejci's gone, when Brad Marchand's gone. It's David Pasternak. He's going to be the the 
face of the Boston Bruins. So he gets $11.25 million per year for eight years. And they got him a new teammate. They did? They did. Tyler Bertuzzi yes. goes from the Detroit Red Wings over to the Boston Bruins in exchange for a first-round pick next year, mm-hmm. top 10 protected, and a fourth-round pick in 2025, and Detroit retains 50% of Bertuzzi's salary. He's up at the end of this year. Yeah, and it, it kind of comes on the heels of uh, the, the announcement that Taylor Hall is going to be on LTIR. So um, Bertuzzi, I love the player. I do. He, he scores goals. Um, he's not like he's he's nasty there's some physicality to his game um pretty quiet i think but uh, one of those players that could be an impact player i think he's built for playoffs i really do so i like the move in adding tyler bertuzzi here's the best quote it comes from jim montgomery the head coach of the boston bruins Mm -hmm. who had this reaction when he was told that the boston bruins had just acquired tyler bertuzzi he said i stuck out my knuckles and I was happy. I fist bumped Don Sweeney, the general manager. <laughs> yes. Boom. Awesome. Boom. That was uh, that was it from the the head coach of the Boston Bruins. Now they got some injuries up front, and that's that's why they did the Bertuzzi deal was just to to backfill a little bit. Uh, Dallas plays Chicago in the schedule tonight, yep. and Chicago they've traded a bunch of players this week. Uh, not just Patrick Kane, but Sam Lafferty, Jake McCabe. Uh, Jack Johnson, and now Max Domi is being held out for roster management. Domi's their leading point producer, uh, leading goal scorer, and uh, and he is uh, he is a guy that uh, that can help help a team. He he got Carolina over the hump mm-hmm. last year in the Stanley Cup uh, first round uh, of the playoffs. If only, and and I, I think obviously. You know the the direction is Domi to to Dallas, or at least that's kind of the idea that's floating out there right now. It's just it's a bummer that if it if it does come to be, it, it didn't get to happen prior to the puck drop because then you could have had Max Domi just change walk across. locker rooms. Yep, walk across has happened. Where uh, where guys have done that? I wanted to see it today. Would have been fun. Be a little unfair though. Why? Well, what if you've agreed to a trade? Why not just wait? Let them. Like that's just be weird. No, get right out there. I don't care. Hmm. I think it'd be fun. All right. Uh, I I like the player. I think that uh, that he has to be in more specific of a system for him to really excel. Uh, and he also uh, enjoys a certain type of coach because Max and I have talked about that mm-hmm. uh, about uh, coaches that he plays well for and coaches that kind of get under your skin uh, a little bit. Uh, I can see the the Dallas thing working, yeah, uh, and uh, I think he'd be very comfortable in in that environment. Calgary hasn't done just nothing. Uh, <laughs> just uh, and John Shannon said they're they're sort of stuck in between. Yeah, that might be the case. You know, where where they end up not doing anything and saying it's your team, you guys. This is your roster. Go get it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like. The math doesn't look particularly good for the Calgary Flames right but now. But they've been close and then dropped off. They've been close and dropped off. Yeah, I know they can get there. Maybe. Maybe. Do, I don't know whether they can stay there. I, I, no, don't, I, think, I, don't, I don't know that they can. 61 games. This, no, isn't, this isn't a flash in the pan. No, they can get there. They can get into a playoff spot. That's what I'm saying. I just don't know whether they can stay there. Their goaltending, it, 
feels like it should click in at some point in Jacob Markstrom. Mm-hmm. They, they've gone with Dan Bladar in a couple of cases. They have. Uh, over Jacob Markstrom. Including a back-to-back. It's really, re- really uh, weird how, how that's happened with the Calgary Flames. And that wasn't supposed to be uh, an issue at, at all. Um, Kane's making his debut. Yes. Yep. Uh, do you see him with his uh, Ranger stuff on, skating at Madison Square Garden? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They never skate at Madison Square Garden. Oh, really? skates. Oh, wow. Ever. Huh. Ever. But just, uh, I guess, just I'll add a little element of interest, throwing him out there, let him take a twirl. Yeah, I, I didn't. Was there anybody else out there with them? Uh, I think. Uh, I think there were a couple of guys on the ice. I'm not 100 percent sure, but it just. Kind of an but it wasn't a full practice. No, 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 no. But an updated stat line for you, Patrick Kane. Um, zeros across the board. And it was actually... Um, What's the score in that game? It's 3-2 the in favor of the Rangers. And it was Vladimir Tarasenko doing the Forsberg to, to make it 3-2. It was phenomenal. Oh, really? Oh, like yeah. the, the yeah, drag yeah. on the mm-hmm. puck? Yep, yep. I'm not a big fan of that move. Oh, yeah, because you're a goalie. Well, you're just out there no, for skates. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm, not fan, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of that athlete. move. Think about, think about what you just titled it. Huh. What did you just, exactly. <laughs> Who did that happen against? Oh, was it Canada? Exactly. Yeah, oh, I don't yeah. care. Well, that's yeah. great. I'm not, I'm not Canadian. Oh, my, I don't, I'll cry somewhere else. My pal, Corey Hirsch. Yeah, I'm sorry. He wasn't supposed to play that game. Oh, cry somewhere else. Former, former New Jersey Devil, Corey Hirsch. Hershey played for the Devils? I believe so, yeah. I don't think so. I think Jacob Chikrin also Take making his debut in that game. For Hershey the Auto played Senders. for a number of teams. I don't remember him playing for the New Jersey Devils. Jacob Chikrin, yeah. Ottawa Senator, finally playing in the game. That, uh, that three whole and a half thing, weeks later. You, you've brought this up a couple of times, mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. just Darren Millard thing. Yeah, that's just a, That's Darren a Millard. Ben Goats tweet today. Yeah. When he You're was real showing sour about Teddy it. Bluger uh, on the, the Rangers. Yeah. Didn't uh, yeah. didn't give Darren the respect he de- he's, he's deserved. Teddy Bluger on the ice. Yep. That's just Darren Millard. It is just Darren just. Millard. There's Teddy Bluger, and the, then there's hey. just Darren Millard. Is that is that a bit of a, a shot at me? Oh, always. But absolutely. I'm, I'm by the nicest it. guy yeah. in the world. I'm here for the shot at the you right now. So I told Ben. Yeah. So, so. When, I, when I saw Ben, I told him next time, just put also potential athlete Darren Millard. Potential athlete. Yeah. Uh, here, here's the Corey Hurst story. Because it was the New York Rangers. It was the New Jersey Devils. Yes. Uh, I've been wrong, too, once. Uh, you'll get used, <laughs> used to it. Uh, so, 1994, he was a third goaltender. We don't have time for the big intro yet. Uh, but uh, 1994, he was a third goaltender, New York Rangers, about to win the Stanley Cup. My buddy Nick Kiprios knows that the party's coming. He's got a big, big heater on his forehead. That's it. He sends Corey Hirsch across the street, because Corey Hirsch isn't dressed, to buy concealer for when the party starts and stuff, he can cover up, Kipper can cover up the uh, the zit. That actually happened. (laughs) We think it's so complicated. Kipper's got the third goalie running across the street to the drugstore to get some cover-up. Well, he had the third eye. He's got it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, uh, Do we have any more tickets? We're done for today? No. We we have another pair, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. 702-876-1340. Light them up. Let's fire this thing up and rev it. Caller number 13, 702-876-1340. You're going to Montreal, Vegas on Sunday afternoon at the Fortress on the VGK Insider Show. We're back with Catching Up with Chapman next. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. 
just want to say before Chappie jumps in here, yesterday, Megan Bozak with us. Like, she was tons of fun. Yeah. That was hilarious. A lot of great hockey talk. Mm-hmm. And then some, some barbs in there, some chirping, going back and forth. You were sucking up and, uh, and kissing we up just, to no, her. We just found common ground. And then today, <laughs> our weekly visit with John Shannon, yeah. followed up by Kelly McCrimmon joining us, an yeah. exclusive conversation. This is a pretty good show to get your hockey fix. You know, I we should make Megan the unofficial third member of the VGK Insider Show. She's so good. Amazing. She's awesome. She's really, really good. She uh, was doing a clinic the other day we talked about. She yep. left me a signed Megan Bozak card. Oh, oh that's yeah. cool. In, in my gear. Nice. Wow. To my biggest fan, it said. <laughs> because uh, me being a Canadian, getting a card from it's American said, is like... Now, uh, what color did she sign it in? Uh, it was silver. Oh, okay. It was silver. Yeah. But she never won a gold, so that's, yeah, that's why I, I, I she was, could do that. I'm hoping it... Well, I was hoping at some point she would have been able to sign in gold, but yeah, that I, would have been good for, for me She is Ryan. my favorite American hockey player. That's good. There you go. Wow. What's up with catching up with Chapman? Well, we got seven seconds No, we don't. We're done. What were you going to talk about? The Nothing. Jersey Devil, of course. Really? <laughs> yes, I guess you'll have to wait till we'll tomorrow. We'll remember that next week. Not a chance. <laughs>